0: Hello, everyone. This is Bishop Naomi Davis. Welcome to another episode of Awaken the Kingdom Within. I am here today with a special guest, a friend, a colleague, a mentor, someone who I believe is going to share some very important information with us, Suffragan Bishop Janice Davis Lee. She is a professional, works in public health, she is, uh, as I said before, the Suffragan Bishop in the Alaska District Council. She oversees the state of Washington. She has educational background, which I just found out today, uh, an AA degree in from the Arts Institute in Washington. I did not know that. She has a bachelor's of science in psychology, an MBA in healthcare management. And what we're going to be talking about today is an issue that I want you all to just be open-hearted with, because I believe it's very important for us to understand in the environment of health to discuss mental health and to also discuss suicide prevention and how these two intersect. So, Bishop Janice? Yes.
1: Hi. Hi, everybody.
0: Welcome.
1: So so good to be here, honored to be here with you, Uh, Bishop Cheryl davis Wyndham. You are just amazing, and I'm just so glad that the world gets to hear you, and you're touching lives all across the country, across the globe, and I'm just absolutely honored to be here. You're my friend, you're my sister, and I love you so much. That is ditto. I... um... (laughs) the
0: reason why I've enjoyed this platform is I get a chance to share so many incredible people who are in my life with uh, individuals that may not know. And around this time, last year, Mm -hmm. we were in a retreat and you gave a presentation on this topic. Yes, And I was completely engaged in what you were talking about.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I do not believe that the faith-based community takes mental health seriously because we just don't understand what it is. We can't see it and there's really no environment where we learn about it. So we somewhat, when we don't understand something, default to a lot of mythology. And so today I, I hope Hope that we'll be able to just give individuals some very concrete understanding of what it is we're talking about with mental health and also suicide prevention so the first area of first question i wanted to ask you was is this as a woman of faith what drew you into the realm of health care in our what we're talking about mental health and um what gave you the courage to step into suicide prevention
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, this is this is a subject that um, you know. I, I grew up in the first. So I grew up in the church all my life. I was born pretty much uh, when they were doing their live radio broadcast on a Sunday night. We had a live broadcast on the radio. Some people don't know what a just a radio is. You turn the down, turn it on. Well, that's what we were on the radio, and on on, on the Sunday night live broadcast, I was born, and they announced. Janice Davis was born six pounds, seven ounces. She has entered the world. So I've been in church all my life and I've seen things I've seen, uh, behaviors. I have seen, uh, just, um, different situations in, in the church and the diagnose all the time for whatever those behaviors were, were we'll always pray for them. Let's get together. And uh, there were no other options. There was there was no counseling. There was no therapy. There was no medicine. There was nothing. It was just you need to get your life together, and you need to come to church and be in Bible study, and you're gonna be okay. And uh, so, so with that, I I decided that there has to be more work because um, you know I had some personal struggles myself. You know, with dealing with. Stress, dealing with situations in my life, marriage, and and just life taking over my home, going in, into foreclosure about uh, fifteen years ago, you know, and those take stress, but people don't realize that it takes a mental stress on you that that comes out in all different kinds of ways. It affects your health, and uh, so so with this. I wanted to learn more and figure out how I can be healthy, how I can help other people, and what really triggered me into uh, going into mental health and looking at suicide uh, suicide prevention was there was a young man that was struggling with mental illness, which was um, my cousin 's cousin and They said that he was in the house, just stressing out, acting weird. And they kept telling him, oh, you need to get yourself together. And they didn't know what's going on. They just said he was just acting totally weird. And so one day he went outside and took the gun to his head and committed suicide outside the apartments. And so when I heard about this and they were saying, we didn't know what was wrong with him. We didn't know what what's going on. We just knew he was acting weird. Well, if that family had known about mental illness and how to deal with it, they would have immediately taken him into the emergency and said he he's, he's needs mental help. And um, so from that day, I was, I was commissioned, I believe from that day, I was commissioned to get the word out about mental illness, especially because the black community, we are not educated on what mental illness is we don't know what resources are out there. And so I've been doing these workshops to try and get people to understand, you know, what mental illness is. And the reason why a lot of people don't want to um, talk about mental illness is because of the, you know, different things that, that are tied to it. And, you know, and what is mental, mental illness? It's, it's emotional. You know, mental health, it, it, you know, it, it, it affects our emotions, our emotional, it's psychological and it's social well-being. You know, that, that's what it is. And then the factors that contribute to mental health include, you know, sometimes it's uh, in your genes. Genes are brain chemistry. I don't know if you ever met a family where the whole family just seemed like they got, met, but sometimes it's just, that gene is just passed down and you just got to deal with it, got to get, get the help, you know, and some of you might have families Everybody got some one that one person in their family, right? Bishop show sure everybody got that one person in their Absolutely. family that you could say, mm, Something ain't all the way right, that elevator ain't gone all the way to the top. They one pack short of a picnic, you know. <laughs> so, and, and my mom said, One, remember at the last um retreat, mom said, All the forks aren't in the drawer. I <laughs> you no, know, all the forks aren't in the drawer. I was like, "Oh my!" <laughs> <heard> <laughs> so somebody has that one person in their family that everybody's like, "Hmm, something just ain't all there." And so, um, you know, so it can be genes; it can be passed down the, the chemistry. Uh, what causes mental illness? Life experiences. You know, a lot, a lot of us right now are in COVID nineteen. We're in the pandemic, so we are experiencing some mental stress right now um, that we're in our homes. We can't go out. Um, some of you um, have even are unemployed. You're not trying to figure out what am I gonna do now? How can I take care of my family? That is mental stress. That is mental strain that you're constantly thinking, where am I gonna get money from? How am I gonna pay my bills? How am I gonna come out of this? So the whole world, United States especially, we are experiencing life experience that is causing some mental strain Um, and then such as also there's abuse, there's traumatic experiences. That's why I work with children right now that are zero to four because these children that are zero to four, some of them have been abandoned. They've been physically abused, sexually abused. Um, They have uh, experienced even drugs zero to four. Um, There was one child that the mom was on drugs, and this child was, was left wandering around in the streets with just a t-shirt and a diaper wandering around in the streets, three years old. So we, we have children from, from zero, zero to four, and the reason why we're trying to reach these children now that we can tra- probably um, get some therapy in these children from zero to four so they can be successful in life. A lot of children that, are, that experience trauma from zero to four if they don't get help, it is, it is uh, permanent, and they're going through life, and uh, we see, even as adults, that a lot of these children are on the streets, yeah, the, 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 from children to adults, they're on the streets, they're homeless, um, they're, their mind is, um, is just in a place where they aren't living in reality, and so that's what, you know, mental health, what causes a lot of, of mental health and uh, a family history of, of mental health problems as well. I, I heard that a lot of times way back in the day when there was a family that had a child that had mental illness, um, they just kept them in the basement. They just kept them away from everybody because they didn't know what to do. All they knew that this child is not moving, doing like everybody else. And they just just kept them in the basement, kept them from everybody. But now there is help. And I wanna say to if you have a child that you know, and you can see that they're delayed in their speech. They're they're delayed in walking. Uh, they're delayed in trying to comprehend just the basic things of even saying spoon, fork, mama, daddy. If you see that they're delayed, there is help. So you can go to DDA, and um, and they will be able. To, you will get be able to get resources for your children that you see they have uh, mental illness. And, um, and what DDA is, and write this down, is Developmental Disability Administration. That is very important. It's Developmental Disability Administration. If you're listening to me right now and you have a child or an adult or somebody that you know has some type of mental illness, um, I would uh, encourage you to get in contact with them because there is funding, there's care, there's resources. Um, I know a young lady right now who has a child uh, with mental illness, and they're just keeping them in their room. They're just keeping them in their room. The mom never goes out, um, stays in the room with this child. This child plays a game all day. And so I, I sent word that they need to go to DDA and get some help for this child. You cannot keep a child in the room the rest of their lives. They need help. They need help. So I encourage you, um, uh, everybody listening, go to DDA if you know somebody. If you're an adult and you see, oh my God, there's, there's something that, that isn't right, get them help, get them help. There is help that they can um, be able to live a successful life. Um, there was this one young man, Bishop Sherrill, that was here in Seattle, Washington. And he had mental illness. He was connected to DDA. DDA was assigned a social worker to look out after him. So the parents had been taking care of this, this man who then was an adult, had a home, and the parents had left thousands of dollars in a suitcase in the basement for him that if anything happened, he had this money. Well, DDA failed him. They, the social worker wasn't checking up on him and the parents died. So this person was living in this house and couldn't take care of herself. Years later, somebody decided to check on him. Like I guess they pulled his case. Where is he? What is he doing? Found him living in the house, um, not in a good condition. Do you know that that social worker sued the state and got that young man $2 million? Amazing. Got him $2 million. Because the state failed him, and they just thought, "Oh, mental illness. He's not going to do anything. Uh, you know, he's not going to fight for himself." But this social worker took it upon themselves and make sure this this man received help and got paid two million dollars. Is that is that something? That's amazing. And so, yeah, and and so with that, there is help. Black African American community. There is help for us so don't think that you're in this alone you moms you dads you're struggling with your child that they're not reading uh, at the the level as all the other children their their motor skills aren't there there is help There's speech therapy there's physical therapy that the state will pay for so i just want you all to know that 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 resource is there and you know, Bishop Cheryl, I'm just going to let you know, this is one of my favorite subjects to talk about, mental illness, as you can tell. I just Good. keep going.
0: I'm you letting know. you go because oh my God. we do not understand. And I believe that's what I was going to follow up with. I can tell. And I want you yeah. to just continue to share with I us and just download on this because yeah. we don't understand what is it. We We learn about a lot of things. We understand when our arm is broken. We understand yeah. when we, you yeah. know pull a muscle what is it about the mind
1: yes absolutely
0: that seems to not enter into our our wheelhouse of education Mm
1: -hmm. mm-hmm and and I think uh, the best way to describe the question you just asked about you know our mind you know our mind and as I mentioned earlier we have um, trauma we have different life experiences that affect the mind Uh, when we lose a loved one, it affects the mind. And what that mind is that what 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 causes depression is that you're focused on that situation. You're focused on that life experience. And when you focus and focus on something for so long, it sends you into a place of depression where nothing else around, you can't see anything else but that situation. And that's how people go into depression. And so with the mind, um, you have to keep your mind healthy. You have to be positive and not stick to that traumatic experience. That's why we deal with trauma with the child because when they experience trauma, all they can relate to the rest of their life, everything around them is that trauma. So if a child was physically abused, you're going to see that child begin to abuse other children. They're going to start acting out because that's what they've experienced. That's all they know, and uh, and they're going to act that out. So with the mind, how does it affect the mind? That are, you know, a lot of times we we the therapists will use. It's called cognitive thinking, and I think this is the best type of therapy, especially for parents, uh, even in young people. Cognitive thinking and what that does that allows you to have a different pattern of thinking that's basically what cognitive thinking you go to the the, the therapist and um and just so you know when you go to the counselor to the therapist you don't have to sit on a couch and get a pillow and a blanket (laughs) When <laughs> you go see the therapist and say, Now tell me your life story. No, <laughs> well, it's not like that. <laughs> you just go in, you just sit down, and they're just really down to earth. I had this one, I, I did counseling myself, and you know, you just go in, sit there, and they are just so nice, allow you to talk, and then they'll just give you some, you know, different thoughts. Let's say uh, you're going to therapy because. You're just so stressed with um, losing a, a loved one, let's say that. And so you just go into the therapist and, and what they'll do, you'll, you'll tell them how you're feeling and, and I keep thinking about it, think about it, and then they'll give you cognitive thinking is start writing down some positive things. That, that is cognitive thinking, getting you to think about something else. Cognitive thinking for uh, grieving, uh, you would then say, what are you doing for yourself? What are you doing for yourself to make you feel good? And you can say, why well, go swimming? Why well, go on walks? And they'll get you to start thinking about that. Because when we lose loved ones, you just focus on, oh my God, they're gone. Like I lost my, my brother uh, a couple years ago, Nathaniel Davis um, Jr., God rest his soul. When I lost him, I just thought, oh, my God, I couldn't, I couldn't even think to do my homework. I was sit to do my homework, and all I thought about was him. I would try and even watch TV. All I thought about was him. I would try and do house chores. All I thought was him. And I started failing in my classes because I couldn't think. I had to write a paper and I was trying to write the paper. And then I would stop because I kept thinking about my brother. It's like, oh my God, he's gone. And I had to find myself to change my pattern of thinking. You know, that when those thoughts would come, like I would do the paper and I would think about my brother, he's gone. I then would say, say to myself, take a deep breath and I would stop and just tell myself, I need to focus on my, on my work. You know, sometimes, you know, talking to yourself is okay. Just don't do it in front of other people. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, you can talk to yourself. Just say, you need to go over there and get that paper done. Don't do that in front of other people, just... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and then they will really say, "Oh yeah, she got mental illness, but well, that's all right." So, um, so with that, you know, the mind, the mind can play tricks. Um, um, I also share that the age of twenty twenty four is when most young people will have their psychological break. Um, if you look at it, when a child turns twenty four, they might have had some psychological um, issues, but when they turn twenty four, is where. It starts to appear and I would encourage everybody because even that child that I spoke about earlier that committed suicide he was 24 years old so he had a psychological break at 24 and the family was saying we didn't know what to do we just thought he was acting now we was telling him he better get himself together they said they did not know what to do so If you have a child that's 24 years old right now and they're coming in, they're acting weird, they're not taking a shower, they're ignoring you and they're just acting weird, not getting a job, get that child in for psychological evaluation. Get them in. You can go into the hospital, you can go into emergency, you can make an appointment and just say, I need a psychological evaluation on my child and they will uh, get help. A lot of times, um, African-Americans do not go into uh get checked psychologically because a lot of times they believe that the racial issue oh they're not going to care about me you know because they see how we're treated in the streets we're treated you know as citizens in america so they're how in the world am i going to let a white person take care of me psychologically you know so there's a there's a stigma with that but i want to encourage all the african-american to go if you need a psychological go and do not worry about the racial divide I can tell you that regardless of the color of the psychiatrist, the counselor, they really care about you. I'm here to say I work in this field. They really care about you and they will work with you regardless. This is something that they have come into, that they want you to help. They've committed their lives and they will help you. And then, you know, there are a lot of stigmas, you know, the reason why a lot of the African Americans, they don't want to seek help. No, 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 I'm not going there. We just going to keep the child down in the basement Uh, is because of the stigma, you know, the stigma that that comes along with it, you know, uh, oh my God, there they are. They're crazy. Some of you know, a lot of people that were grew up in the church and everybody in the church knew, oh. It's just its, it's own. So she acting up again. Uh, we had this this one guy that uh, in our church he would come in, sit on the front front pew on Sundays. He would sit there in his nice suit, and then uh, in the middle while my dad is preaching, he got up, and then came back with feathers in his hair and a and a, a just a vest, no shirt, and he was a totally different person. And we was like, oh yeah, there he is, that crazy man, <laughs> you know. And uh, but nobody knew. This man was suffering from mental illness, and he needed help. So during the church time, we're just "Mm, we just need to pray for him. Just pray for him. Keep all the kids away from him. Don't let him be alone with nobody. (laughs) You know that we'll just just pray for him, but not knowing that he needed uh, some help. And then another thing is there's a lack of insurance. The reason why my families don't want to take their uh, their children is because, or their children or their adult or even husbands or wives. There is insurance, you can take them in. And Medicaid, write that down. Medicaid covers mental illness, I want you to know. So Medicaid is free, you can, you can sign up and get Medicaid. It covers mental illness. If you need to go in for a few days, they cover that. If you need counseling, if you need a psychiatrist, Medicaid will cover these expenses. And you do have to be at a certain uh, economic level, but um, I want you to know that it is available. And then also if you have insurance, you're working, you got insurance, it will cover, your insurance will cover as well. So getting these uh, services, there is opportunity there. You may be struggling, not having a job, but you still can get Medicaid. All right, get Medicaid. Wow. Yeah, get Medicaid sign up and it will
0: will cover <clears> you. <throat> we'll take a break right here. I'll be right back. Before I let you go, wait, before I let wait, you go. Are we almost done? I do. Oh. We're close. Oh my god, I'm <laughs> so bad. But you you're doing great. This is wonderful. Um I'm Thank really you. enjoying the discussion. I had Two final questions that I did want to ask, um, pose to you before we let you go. Yes. One of them you alluded to, and that was the stress of the moment we're in. Yes. And um, there are no venues that mm-hmm. I have seen where people are being asked to express the feelings they're going through during COVID. Um, and the I see a lot of... Um, as churches reopen, as, you know, restaurants, people are trying to thrust themselves back into Uh normality, and they're not actually embracing that we're living in a new, new time, a new day. So I wanted to ask you, how can these individuals, they may think, oh, I'm good how can people do an individual wellness check, or how can we mm-hmm. wellness check one another to try to to try to assist people um, who are not saying anything? They're they're really not talking about um, this COVID sequestration.
1: Yes, absolutely. I. Um I would say that going through this situation, it is, it is tough. I mentally have to, you know, keep my, myself going because I also work from home. So I'm, I'm on these Zoom calls. That's the only way I, I communicate with, you know, my teens is through, through Zoom. And it's exhausting. It's mentally, physically um, just exhausting um, to be on these calls and have to be there. And then when you're done, you're home. You know, I'm not out physically seeing anybody. We're in the house and then I have to realize, oh yeah, we're still in COVID, we're stuck, we've been this way way for months. And so what I would encourage you to do is to not be confined, you were confined to our homes, but put a mask on, go out and take a walk, ride your bike. You know, you can even get in your car and take a drive somewhere so that you not do not get into the cycle of and your mind to think oh my god we're going to be stuck like this forever you know get your mind set to know this is temporary and it's it's going to change keep telling yourself that because when you're in the house and you keep thinking about this coronavirus your mind can can trick and you will believe that we're in this forever and uh, stay in reality Call your, call your friends, call your families, reach out to them, um, get some exercise. And then the other thing that is extremely important, Bishop, is your diet. What are you feeding yourself? Because we're in COVID-19, it's so easy to sit there and eat the, the cake and the donuts because I ain't got to go around my friend you know get the sandwich and the cookies and I want you to know that I'm I'm guilty because I'll get up at one o'clock in the morning and I'll go get me some cookies of milk you know <laughs> <laughs> but then I realized you know what if I don't go on and exercise then it's going to really take a toll on me so you got to feed your mind eating your your vegetables you know and and, and, uh, and I would encourage adding ginger you know, ginger tea to your diet, green tea, all of that is a cleanser, and then just feeding your mind, having fish at least once a week, once a week having fish in your diet. Bishop Cheryl, we grew up in a house where we knew what we was having on Friday. We never had the question. Mom always gave us fish sticks. <laughs> We always had fish sticks on Friday, 13 of us. I didn't tell you I'm from a family of 13 children. There's 13 of us. Mom and dad has six girls, seven boys. Uh, and we always have fish sticks on Friday. And uh, we always had a great meal. So mom, I think I learned my eating habits from mom is that we had breakfast. So it was always healthy. We had lunch, dinner, and I'm going to tell you, Although mom and dad had 13 children, Bishop Cheryl, we had dessert every night. We had dinner and dessert. How many families in the 20th century have dinner and dessert at home? Oh my gosh. So, you know, I grew up knowing about, you know, how to eat. So I want to encourage all of you, go out and buy some vegetables, get your fruit, your apples, you know, and, and be healthy and uh, add chicken, uh, fish, add it to your diet and stay healthy. So I encourage you to do that. Are we almost out of time? Cause you know, Fisher Shell, I can talk to you the rest of the day. Cause I love you so much.
0: <laughs> I love you too. And I love this topic. I, um, I answer
1: the question though?
0: We, you talked about, you did, you did. You, you also addressed something that I thought I wanted you to expound on too. This is my last question. And that was how individuals can check up on each other. Yes, absolutely. How you can call or talk to us a little bit about, um, how we can do a wellness check to make sure our friends and those we care about are doing okay after covid
1: absolutely because when i when i spoke at that funeral service of, of my cousin's cousins the one i i shared that had committed suicide they allowed me to talk uh, they allowed me to share my story and i shared my story that that i am and i want everybody to hear me And I'm not ashamed that I am a survivor of suicide. And I'm here today to let you know that there is help. When I spoke at that service at night, I said, told the family, I said, do a health check. Do a mental health check. Call them up and all the families like, yes, yes, we're going to do that. Do a mental, Say, I'm just calling, do a mental health check. And they promised they were going to call each other. So I think that's important to just call your friends. Say, hey, just seeing how you doing, what's going on, and get them to talk. Um, if they start saying, I don't want to live, that I feel like killing myself, if they say words, I want to die, then you allow them to talk and say, why, why do you want to die? What's making you feel that way? And then what you can do is, um, if it sounds like, uh, the main question you need to ask, this is Cheryl, is, well, do you have a plan? That's the question you need to ask. That is the most important question. If somebody says, I feel like dying, I want to kill myself, I don't want to live anymore. And you ask them, do you have a plan? And if this person says, yes, I plan on filling up my tub and I'm going to just put myself in there and drown myself. If they say that, that, call 911. I said if they say that. But if they say that, call 911. Call 911. because And the reason why we say that, because if they have a plan, that means they are to the place that they are going to follow through. So... Always ask that question. Wow! And if they say no, I don't have a plan. Then you have hope. Encourage them and say, Hey, life is worth living. What can I do? You know, call me. How about I call you again tomorrow and and check on them? So that's how we have to do a wellness check. You know, check up on your friend. You know, even you know people in in your neighborhood. You know, you haven't seen them for a while. They're not a lady that might have walked her dog every day. Every day, you don't see them. It's okay to put on your mask, knock on the door. Hey, just checking to see how you're doing, you know, and uh, that's a wellness check. You know, so listen to the most important thing is listen to the words that they're saying to you. Listen to those words. I feel hopeless. I've lost so many of my family members that I want to die to. You got to listen because that's where we are in pandemic. Um, there was a young man that we recently lost and uh, to COVID-19 he lived by himself and that young man needed food and so when 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 he reached out to somebody can you bring me something to eat well this person came to bring him something to eat he didn't answer the door he was dead on the ground um had died from COVID. And a few days earlier, he went to the doctor. The doctor said he had COVID, they sent him home. And a few days later, he died. So that's one more thing I wanna say, Bishop Cheryl is now is not the time to be prideful. Now is not the time to be prideful. When someone says, are you okay? That you know your cupboards are empty. You know you're struggling, you can't pay your rent. Don't be so prideful to say, Oh, I'm okay. Yeah, we're good. We're need," And then you go sit on the couch hungry because your pride has, has gotten in the way. Now is not the time to be prideful. You need to move it out the way and say, Hey, I need some food. I need some help. I'm struggling. Yes, please. You know, I need some resources. Can somebody help me? So, so don't be afraid to ask for help. Help is here and do a wellness check with your parents make a list of who you're going to check on every week you know i go and visit my parents every sunday every sunday i'm always there with them so make a list of the people you want to be responsible for and just call you never know how much that call means to them because somebody could be sitting in their home bishop show all by themselves thinking nobody loves me nobody cares about me why am i here then I might as well just head on out of here. And then your phone call could be that that very call uh, that they need. I had a young man that called me one day. He just called me out the blue. And I just started talking to them and ministering to them and just, you know, encouraging them. And that's what I do. I encourage them. It wasn't until a year later. They said, Do you know when I called you at such and such a time? And I said, Yeah. They said I was going to commit suicide that day, but talking to you talked me out of it. So you just, just never know. Never know yeah. what people are. Never. And that's one thing, Bishop Show, about mental illness. You never know what they're thinking. Yeah. You never know what's on their mind. Like the preacher that committed suicide in California, big church. He said, um, with this mental illness, he's, he wrote, even Jesus can't help. And the next day, he committed suicide. Mm-hmm. So you never know where someone's at, del- but just be sensitive and listen to their words. I wish that someone had saw that, that tweet from that pastor and ran to him and called him and said, man, explain what you mean by Jesus can't help. What do you need help with man? And we could have got him in to a, a facility, helped him and he would still be alive today. So that's why I encourage everybody to, to make a phone call. Do a health check. Mental health check. Just doing a mental health check. How you thinking today? I love it.
0: Thank oh you. my gosh, there's so much. Yes. Um how can we find you gave us a couple sources. You may yes. have some others. One of them was the
1: DDA. Is that dot gov? That is actually yes, it's it's um actually um DDA, you will go to it's Department of Social Health Services, and it will be your state. Like mine is Washington, so then yours would be dot ca California. dot gov. You also had a. Uh, we were wearing
0: bracelets for a while. Um, yes. You have a lot of resources. You have suicide prevention hotline. Yes. Um, just kind of run through any of those, and the, as well as how they can contact you and follow up with you. Um, I know someone's going to listen to this today and they're going to say, wow, she understands what I'm going through. Let me reach Mm -hmm. out to her because oftentimes when people don't know our stories, they feel very isolated. And I believe today people will will reach out to you because they're going to say, well, you know, I've had this type of thought and you would understand. So. Give us some of the resources you have uh, with suicide prevention, and then let them know how we can get in contact with you at Janice Davis Ministry. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. For the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, you will call 1-800-273-8255. That's National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255. And then also there is the substance abuse, mental abuse. It's called SAM. SAMHA Health Service is Substance Abuse Mental Health Services Administration. I'm going to say that again. Substance Abuse Mental Health Services Administration. And that number is one 726 4727 And then there's the National Alliance of Mental Illness. National Alliance of Mental Illness. You can do one 800 950 6264 and that is to help 1-800-950-6264 and uh, those are the, the resources. And then also want to add um, sign up for Medicaid. You don't have a job, you don't, you know, have any resources. Sign up for Medicaid and, and get some counseling if you need some counseling. If you would like to get in touch with me, uh, my, my email is j.music m u s i c dot d-a-v-i-s, at gmail.com. Again, that is j.music.davis, d-a-v-i-s, at gmail.com. You can email me. I would love to talk to you. If you have families that are struggling, needing help, need to talk to somebody, go ahead and email me, and I'll be sure to um, give you some guidance and your help. And then I'm also on Facebook. I do Janice Davis Ministries Incorporated. If you want to um, watch us on there, uh, we are just trying to help people, you know, to be healthy. That's that's the main thing we want. We just want people uh, to to be healthy.
0: You have given us so much incredible information today, and we're definitely going to have to have you come back because Relucting. I believe um, one of the aspects that, that draws me to this is we're People don't believe that the faith, the Christian faith, is really yes. based on our mind.
1: Yeah, we uh, we haven't even touched on the, the
0: church yet. And that's good. I mean, that's <laughs> totally fine. But yeah. so when we don't understand the mind, mm-hmm. we don't understand how to speak. You know, we we're taught to declare things, and we we kind mm-hmm. of do it more like. Um, I know I'm gonna make people feel uncomfortable, but we do it more like an incantation, like a spell. Yeah. You know, like we have a wand and we're wavering it over a situation. We don't really understand that what, what Christ is trying to do is align us with the with how God God is 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 mind. Yes. And because of that, he contemplates however he does that. Because he understands, once he speaks it, he puts his yes. creative thought into motion, and um, it's not—he's he, not progressive. Once he speaks something, it, it occurs. It doesn't have to occur like in a finished form. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Just like he started at time because he yeah. had a whole process, but when he started it, it was really finished. But it needed a progress. It had to progress. Yeah. Yes, and i just think our lack of understanding of the mind affects us in our being able to move to the next level even in faith yes because it requires us to change it and renew it and to strengthen it so that we understand more of what's happening inside and so i definitely think discussing uh trauma What enters it there. There are reasons why we we struggle. That's why I'm so sensitive when when we're when we minister to people that vulnerability. There are people who are stuck in. We call it comfort zones, but in reality. They're fearful of venturing out because of how they yes, what they experienced when they did venture out right but then they retract. Yes. And, uh, so I do believe that us being able to understand the power of, yes. you know, yes. being renewed in the mind that our weapons are not, war- our wef- weapons are not carnal. They're mental.
1: Yes, exactly. There you go. You just said something powerful right there, Bishop, right there. It's mental because the Bible talks about the mind, let this yes. mind be in you. That is also in Christ Jesus, all about our thinking. And, um, so with the way we think is gonna determine our outcome. If I think that I'm hopeless, you're gonna feel hopeless. If I think that I'm going to fail, you're going to fail. But God said, put this mind in, in, in you that says, I'm more than a conqueror. You gotta let your mind believe, I'm more than a conqueror, which allows you to get up in the morning, to go out and do what you need to do. And so that is another subject I would love to talk about, because. It is the mind that that the enemy wants to adapt, yes wants to come out after absolutely yes.
0: Bishop Janice Davis um we will have her definitely back with us we thank you for coming to uh, join in on my podcast today you have blessed us you have informed us you have educated us mm-hmm. and. We just thank you for stopping
1: by to talk to me today welcome thank you for having me i love you and the lord bless your show that it will continue you're an amazing speaker and i just love hearing you speak it is just phenomenal every time somebody hears you speak we're we just fall on the floor we're just like because the word is so powerful that it touches our lives our spirits, and changes us so we love you so much we love your family And please give your best to your dad. Tell him we love him and uh, we miss him and hopefully see him soon. And to your husband and to your daughter too.
0: If what we talked about today resonated with you, then I invite you to read Seven Keys to Awaken the Kingdom of Heaven Within. The book, and journal are available exclusively at CherylNaomiDavis.com.